Hey, it's Garen here. Inflation keeps rising. There won't be a better time than right now to replace the roof following the storm damage. Let the Shamrock team treat you to a free inspection and will replace the damage with the best roof at the best price. One call does it all at shamrockroofer.com. By Rod End Supply and the Power Idle Midwest Lightning Sprints. And we are happy to have you along here this morning as we uh, get set for a big month of February, but not a whole lot going on yet this weekend. Last night, most of the events were called off last night due to rain, although they did race modifieds over at East Bay Raceway. Scott, how's everything going down there? You got down there, and uh, you ran into some pretty rough weather there at uh, on the east side of the state of Florida. Well, Kirk, it has been um, a little bit rough down here the last couple of days, a lot of rain. Um, yeah, it's just not been a, a, a pleasant deal down here at uh, Daytona Beach. And uh, as you know, that a lot of races have been canceled. And unfortunately for me, that means I haven't been to a race since I've been down here. It may be, what, Monday before you get to one? Volusia is supposed might, to open it back It might up. be Monday, yeah. yeah. They got yeah. modifieds over there on Monday night. I, I suppose you could still, you know, you could drive a couple of hours over to East Bay Raceway Park and see some modified action over there. I guess they got that show in last night. Looked a little bit wet down in the infield. Looked like they had gotten some rain, but they got it in last night. I thought the track was really good. Uh, so they were able to get that in. But I'm here for the sprint cars, Kurt. There you go. Last night, you thought about it stopping in georgia and seeing the all-stars at sonoya but that didn't happen the, yeah they rained that out yeah. uh, they rained out the whole weekend didn't they kurt they did called it off they said precipitation and poor forecast forces sonoya raceway cancellation so uh everything will kick off on tuesday night down there at uh, volusia speedway park two nights of all-star action followed by three nights for the opening weekend for the world of outlaws yeah. Well, it, it's been a kind of a bummer, you know, at the All-Star Circuit of Champions. They're going to be starting off next weekend at Volusia on the 8th, and they'll be running there um, um, for a, a couple days. And then they're going to run over to East Bay on the 13th and the 14th. Then they're going to be going to Attica Raceway Park in Attica, Ohio, on the 7th and 8th of April. So uh, a, a lot of it, a lot of a lot going on with the All Star Circuit of Champions Tony Stewart series. All Star is going to be off for about two months. It looks like after they get through uh, Florida, then they'll they'll have quite a bit of time before they kick it off again. You know, Kirk, I think uh, the All Star Circuit of Champions is making a really a, a big push to be recognized as one of the premier divisions in 410 sprint car racing around the country don't you agree oh absolutely i mean the competition level the all-stars is uh, as good as any sprint car uh, league in america they're more of a regional type operation i know they got as far uh, west as uh, i-70 last year you remember they had that big high pan race at anthony macri won and they raced at knoxville this is about as far west as they get so mostly it's a Ohio, and, you know, they're out in Pennsylvania a couple of times. So it's uh, pretty much a regional series, but it feels like a national touring series. Yeah, no doubt. And then uh, the World of Outlaws, they're going to be over here at Barberville, 
Barberville, Florida, and they're going to be running on the 9th, 10th, 11th, and um, and then they're going to pick up the late models on the 16th, 17th, 18th. So that's going to be some good racing over there as well. Yeah, it kicks up hot and heavy here beginning on Monday down there. Two full weeks of action at uh, Belushi Speedway Park. Uh, East Bay will be continuing to go uh, through the following weekend where they have the king of the 360 sprint cars on the 16th, 17th, and 18th of February. So uh, you can go to two or three different uh, tracks down there. If you like pavement, you can go to New Smyrna Beach. That opens up the World Series of Asphalt Racing Next Friday night, they go for about 10 days in a row. So you got your uh, choice of right. just whatever you want to watch beginning on Monday. You know I, you know me, Kirk. I like a little bit of pavement racing. So I yeah. might make it down to New Suburna and watch some racing down there as hey, well. You know, I was going to actually say uh, Sunday at East Bay is when the uh, Lucas Hole Late Model Series opens up their six-night run. Uh, they were supposed to race uh, this weekend. I don't. I think tonight is still on at All Tech Raceway. Last night got rained out at Lake City, uh, but they'll. Uh, I think tonight is still on for the uh, Lucas Hole Late Model Series up at Lake City, uh, at All Tech Raceway. That big, big old half mile racetrack. Yeah, that's a little bit of ways away from Daytona Beach. So then NAS- NASCAR, they're out on the West Coast for the. Uh, all-Star race at uh, the L.A. Coliseum, practice today, the race tomorrow night. And so NASCAR not in town yet. In years past, they were. This would be the first weekend uh, coming up for the uh, NASCAR. You remember they spent, what, 10 whole days down there. They don't do that anymore. So got the All-Star race out in California. So NASCAR doesn't really uh, kick in till, uh the week of the Daytona 500. It's more condensed nascar down at daytona these days you know kirk they were showing the clash um from out there at uh the coliseum here just a little bit ago on television i don't know if you got to see that or not from last year yeah from last year joey logano won that race a year ago i saw some of the coverage yesterday fox had their race hub and had a couple other shows saw clint Clint and Tony Stewart, they're going to be the analysts on the Fox broadcast for the uh, Clash and also the Daytona 500. They were talking about uh, everything out at L.A. Coliseum, and it's hard to predict just exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I think uh, everybody knows those race cars now, the new uh, next-gen car, which was brand new a year ago when they debuted it at the L.A. Coliseum, so it's going to be interesting to see. They had a home run with this event last year, didn't they, Scott? I mean, there was uh, the way they set up the venue, the crowd that showed up. They had a big-time home run with this thing. Can they duplicate it again? Uh, well, we'll have to see, to be honest with you, Kirk. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I'm not sure that they can duplicate what they did last year, to be honest with you. they had. What do you think? Last night they had Clint Boyer, Michael Waltrip, um, Ross Chastain, and a couple other people on Monday. Jamie McMurray was on there. But I'm talking about they were on Friday Night SmackDown WWE last night. Really? With a a pre-taped segment with them getting involved with some wrestlers on the the L.A. Coliseum front stretch and – 
if you guys want to see it, you can I'm sure you can pull it up on social media. Clint Boyer, I'm I'll just say this. He needs to he could stick to racing and, and in the booth because he's not much of an actor. I'll just I'll just he has a hard time. Putting, Why you say that, Todd? Because he doesn't. He didn't deliver his lines with. Uh, I I didn't believe it. Let's just say that it, it it's hard to jump into the pro wrestling world as a. I don't know. It's it's not the easiest thing to do uh, and keep a straight face. Let's just say that. Boyer right. had a, he couldn't keep a straight. He face. had a, he had a grin saying. on his face while he was trying to pretend like he was breaking up a fight, and and they had a segment where they put two drivers in in cars and they did a lap around the racetrack, and they had uh, Michael Waltrip, and they called him the old man, and uh, Ross Chastain. So Ross Chastain was like the bad guy, and he was with the bad guy's race car, and Michael Waltrip was with the good guy's car and uh they did a lap around and then they got out and got into a little pushing and shoving thing and clint boyer you know it was i don't know it was pretty funny but they are doing a lot of promotion let me say that that's a that's a heavily watched tv show on friday night on wwe and so they were pushing pushing it hard last night they got the promotion wheels in motion last night they did the laps around the coliseum track yeah and i believe so what I think it was, you know how the drivers will do a, a ride along with the driver, you know, so you can get in the car and you have a. a so the, these these wrestlers drove around the the track with Michael Waltrip and Ross, Ross Chastain as co-pilots, but they edited it to make it look like they were racing. You know what I'm saying? They went back and they sped the video up and they did a up version and they computerized it to make it look like they were banging on the track, but there was actually. You know, I think they were just doing laps around the track, you know, but they made a production. Let me tell you, I bet they spent a cool million on on the production of that last night from all. They had a lot going on. So uh, NASCAR is uh, they're doing the cross promotion for sure. But Clint needs mm. to stick yeah, to Clint, racing. Huh? Clint, he can he needs to maybe watch a few more wrestling promo. Maybe he hasn't watched some promos in a while, but it was pretty funny. His he tried to jump in between a couple guys and said, "Hey guys, let's break this up and get in the cars." And it was it was delivered pretty much just like I delivered it. So <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever watched um when Clint Boyer when he ran second in my Arca car, the first time he ever ran second, he could barely talk. Yeah, he wasn't that good, was he then? Yeah, he's come a long <laughs> he's come a long way since Yeah. Since his he's, days. He, well, you know, he he hangs around um what's his name? The country singer. Blake Shelton. Yeah, those guys they, they're good buddies, right? They 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 hang at the at his ranch out there and burn some stuff down. I don't know if you've seen a few videos lately, they've been using their flamethrowers out there, so they have been. Yeah. Flamethrowers. You know, Johnny Dare gifted um, Clint Boyer a couple flamethrowers. He gave one to Clint when he was when they became friends. You know, Clint owns one of Johnny Dare's old cars. It was one of his old, right. that old, that old Mercury. And so uh, when Clint's last baby was born, Johnny sent him another flamethrower for the baby. <laughs> so I think they have two flamethrowers out there at the farm. So what could go wrong with a bunch of drinkers and, and a flamethrower, right? Right, right. What what could go wrong what, there? What no could doubt. go wrong? They could, burn, they could burn a bunch of stuff up. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, it was good to see yeah. Clint back on the air after that terrible incident last June, and uh, you know it was great to see him back back going again. Fox picking up the coverage of the everything here at the beginning of the year, so uh, 
I thought Clinton did a really good job in his first year as a full, full-time analyst oh, over I there. I think Clinton does a great no, job does. on the air. Yeah, he does. He does a really good job on um, the broadcast part of it. I I was just kind of ribbing him a little bit, being a, a pro wrestler part of it. That's, well, you know, to be honest with you, that's his nature. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He's entertainment type of type of guy. I think I think he'll. I think he's going to do a lot better this year. Once you get a full year under your belt and you're doing things like you know a few years under your belt, and and he's stepped out from underneath. You know, now that Jeff Gordon's not there, it's not like. You know, when he was in the booth, it kind of felt funny to me. I don't know. Like, things were being contrived a little bit. But now with with Jeff not in the booth, it seems a little bit different. I don't know. I, I like it. Are they going to rotate uh, analysts again like they did last year? I know Stewart's going to be there for the first two events this year. Are they going to do what they did last year? I would think Kurt Busch would move in there and be be a part of that well, I, I always assumed Bush was going in too didn't you Scott we talked about me and Scott had talked about that before it was Bush is really good well I think he's uh, I think he'd be a natural at doing it yeah I think he does it. a good job and of course you know with it with his with his edgy opinions I think that uh, Kirk Bush would be a great guy to be in the booth and, and he could talk about what's going on out there and and maybe talk about what some of the drivers are thinking about you know because to be honest with you, Kirk Bush is not going to mince words. I don't think he's going to no. anyway. I mean, they've had him in the booth along with Kevin Harvick's for some of the Xfinity races over the last few years, and I thought both those guys did a really yeah. good job. And I would expect Kevin Harvick to step in there maybe after he gets that's his last full season. That's, so that's Harvick what, would be a natural. At that that's what I was getting ready to say. Kevin Harvick and Kurt Bush will probably be your future on tv i mean i can't see i can see a scenario with those two you know but you know as as well with some of these drivers haven't been in the car in a while the ones that we have on tv right now getting kurt bush in there that gives you somebody who's just stepped out of this car kind of knows what's going on some of the new configurations of everything so like i said i think it'd be a great thing yeah we'll look forward to uh seeing what kurt bush does and how much time he's going to spend in the booth this year uh, since he's not uh, full-time anymore in the uh, Cup Series. Uh, we got Logan Seavey you know, uh, going on. Go ahead, Scott. You know who I think is really good uh, in the booth, and, and, and it's one of our own, and to be honest with you, I think that Clinton Boyles is just about as good as anybody in the booth when it comes to open-wheel racing. What do you guys think? Oh, he's fabulous. I mean, we brought him into the booth when we were doing the – Chili Bowl down there, and uh, his coverage on the Tulsa shootout especially. I know he stepped in there uh, a few times, a few nights when he could at the Chili Bowl this year in the last couple of years for Flo, and I think he's just fantastic. I mean, Clinton Boyles talks about things that that you just never think about. Right. I think that uh, somebody needs to pick up Clinton Boyles. I know he's a crew chief for Hunter, but – but I, I just think that his talent is in the booth. No doubt about it. But I, I think he wants to he wants to drive a race car here for a little while, does he? No, I think he's going to be a crew chief this year. Is he? Yeah. So he'll be involved with that. But, yeah, he's a natural. Clinton Boyles is a natural in the booth. So I hope that uh, he has a big-time future uh, doing this kind of stuff uh, down the road because uh, he's, he's among the best. You know who best. else is 
you know who else is really good? Logan Seavey is yeah. really good too. Right. Yeah. And speaking of Logan, we're going to have uh, we're going to play some of the interview we did with Logan, the reigning Chili Bowl champion, here in just a little bit. Uh, an interview that we did on mostly motorsports this past Monday. We'll play a portion of that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Logan Seavey is uh, very well spoken, very talented race car driver. Drove the Kevin Swindell car to the Chili Bowl win here a couple of weeks ago, and you'll hear his thoughts on all of that here coming up here in just a few minutes. I don't think that was a big surprise. Do you think it was, Kurt? A little bit. Uh, I, You know, I thought he'd be a, a guy that could run up in the, you know, top ten at the Chili Bowl. Now, to predict before the event that he would go out and win that race, I, I'm not sure I was ready to take that kind of prediction. But you saw what he did during the preliminary night, and you're thinking, yeah, he's got a really good shot now. Uh, but uh, he came well, in. He listen, came into the when, Chili Bowl as not one of my favorites. But after he ran his prelim night, you you had to put him right up there as one of the favorites. Well, he started on the pole, and that that that's a huge advantage Absolutely. right there. To be honest with you, and it was yeah. it was a huge advantage, no question about that. So, and he drove a perfect race. He didn't make any mistakes. He kept it on the bottom. He of gave the race up the right. lead there just for a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think he's, he'll say in this interview that that wasn't such a bad thing that he did give up the lead because he could then see, you know, a lot of times being second is while the race is going on, it's not a bad thing. You see where, right. where you oh, got to yeah. go. And, uh, Cannon McIntosh only had the lead for what about a half a dozen laps before CB was able to get back around. Once he did, he just kept it at the bottom of the racetrack and Tanner Thorson did all he could. To try to make a run on him, he just couldn't do it. Right, no doubt. Well, um, it, it, to be honest with you, I think that uh, um, Logan Seavey winning the fifth driller, and, and he, and by the way, he got to keep that driller and take it home with him, so that was always cool. Um, you know, Kevin's got four of them sitting on his shelf, and it's only right for the driver to get his and take it home with him. Didn't he say that they gave out two of them? So Kevin was still able to get one. I think that they they give out a total of four of them altogether. Okay. Yeah. So he's got that hanging up on his mantle right now. Well-deserved, no doubt about it. So uh, it was great talking with Logan the other day. Hey, I was going to say, big guest on Monday, Danny Lasowski. The dude is going to be our guest on Mostly Motorsports coming up on Monday. Yep, I talked to Danny yesterday. He's going to be our guest on at 12:20 on Monday on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. We want to thank uh, uh, Bob Douglas for being a great supporter of Racing Boys over at Rod In Supply, and we've got to thank him so much for coming on board after we lost uh, Lucas Oil Products. And um, and it, it is great to have somebody like Bob Douglas come on. Uh, we're going to be featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints as well. So um, it, it, that is a great series. It's a, a, a great place to get your feet wet if you want to try to get into open wheel racing at, at, a, at a very inexpensive cost. And uh, the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints is a way to do it. It was fun going down to the uh, banquet last Saturday night down at the Pub 13 on the grounds of 
Central Missouri Speedway last Saturday night. Saw Susan and Earl down there. Big crowd on hand. The Chastity Younger being honored as the champion down there. Had a good time down there last Saturday night. Kirk, how many people showed up down there? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know how many. It, there were there were maybe a hundred people in that in that uh, room, the Pub Thirteen down there. Not all were there for the banquet, but it. Uh, how was the food? Oh, the food was excellent. First rate. Well, you know, Earl, he's not gonna he's not gonna do it if he's not gonna. Earl Walls is one of those kind of guys. He only does it the right way, right? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a cool place down there. So you need to check that out. It's open. I think most every day, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not exactly sure what the hours are, but uh, definitely worth the trip down there to check it out and and uh, have some great food at the Pub 13 at CMS. All right. Hey, uh, that should be great. Later on in the hour, we'll have or later on in the show. This will be exclusively hour two on Racing Boys. We'll have Lee Spencer checking in with us. This first big weekend for NASCAR. She'll check in and. Uh, let us know what the big storylines are as we head into the new season. But coming up next, we're going to play an interview that we did with Logan Seavey, the Chili Bowl champion. Portion of that coming up next as Track Talk continues here. We're brought to you by Rod In Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Line. Welcome back to Track Talk, brought to you by Rod End Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. I'm Kirk Elliott, along with Scott Trailer. This past week, Logan Seavey was on our Mostly Motorsports show and talked about his big win down at the Chili Bowl. He's going to be running a full USAC season in all three divisions, the Sprints, Midgets, and Silver Crown cars. And here is just a portion of that total conversation. You can hear all of it on our podcast section on Mostly Motorsports. Uh, but Logan Seavey talking about uh, where he keeps the driller. Here is uh, Logan Seavey from Mostly Motorsports earlier this week. Is that driller at your house or is it at Kevin's house? Did, uh, did he allow you to keep the driller? So, uh, Luckily with Chili Bowl, they give you two. So. Uh, um, uh. Yeah, so luckily I got one, and then I got the one I, that we had on stage and all that. And then uh, when you go, I, I believe when you go get your check and all that, they uh, they give the owners another driller. And then we have another, our team owner technically is uh, Tim Bertrand, and then they sent him a driller as well, or they're working on getting him a driller. So, yeah, there's kind of a partnership between Tim Bertrand and Kevin Swindell, uh, are both team owners of the team, so. So, really, we needed three drillers this year. But, yeah, luckily I got mine. Kevin has his, and I think they're getting one sent over to, to Bertrand. You know, at the start of that race, on the first uh, start of that race, Hank Davis got out there on you and, and kind of beat you on that start. But then they had that yellow come out, and then you made up for it on that second restart and got out to the lead. Talk about that on that first restart. Um, on that first start, how Hank Davis got around you a little bit right there? Yeah, obviously, you know, you want to kind of lead, but um, I wasn't super mad about being in second. Um, kind of just like when Cannon passed me, I was, I was kind of fine with being in second and just kind of learning what I needed to do. But, but yeah, on that initial start, they kind of watered the track a bunch and um, soaked it really good. And I was obviously the first one to take off, and it was pretty wet still, and I kind of spun the tires a little bit and 
unfortunately, the water is what caused, you know, Spencer Basin to get flipped over. So it's kind of kind of a bad deal, you know, for him. Obviously, you come here all week. to You go to the Chili Bowl all week to, to run the race, and, and you get upside down because, you know, the track was still wet when you go green for the, for the biggest race of the year. So that's pretty unfortunate for him. But, yeah, luckily for me, I got another try at it. And then by then, it, you know, the track was gripped up again. And, and um, yeah, you know, obviously I, I ran into – I took it easy into one the first lap because I didn't want to push into the side of Hank because I knew it was really wet right there. And uh, second lap, I, I felt a lot better about the racetrack and I was able to, to run pretty hard there for that first lap and, and get to the lead. But, um, but yeah, that's just kind of how the race goes, I guess, right? Like I said, you have to have a perfect week and everything has to go your way. And uh, it just seemed like the stars were aligning every time we were on the track. Let me ask you this. When you were uh, kind of, running in in second place there for just a moment how did you feel at that time did you feel like that you you know i think you took the lead with 25 to go back to the lead tell us what you thought about when you were running second there for a little bit man i I honestly felt fine you know there was there was like three or four laps or the whole time i was leading i knew that they were right behind me and i wasn't i wasn't super great those first few laps um, I knew I kind of had to change some stuff up and figure it out. And um, once he went by me, I was actually, you know, I was fine. I was, I wouldn't say I was happy, but it was, it was good to, you know, get somebody else in front of you and and try to figure out where you need to move around. You know, it's really hard to move when you're leading and um, able to move around finally get to second. And uh, huge kind of hold on to second. Obviously, Thorson was right there and he was fast, but uh, getting to the lead before Tanner did was probably the the game-winning, you know, the race-winning move there. Um, if he had got to the lead before us, uh, we probably would have been in trouble. But, but yeah, getting to the lead first was huge for us. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't worried at all when Ken went by. You know, obviously I knew it was only lap, you know, 15 or 20 when he passed, 20, I think, around there when he passed us. And, um, yeah, there was no no worries. I think it's a little bit of an advantage at times, especially that early in the race. There was three or four laps where he got away from me, and I was getting – getting a little worried but then i kind of went to work a little bit and found a better line and got my car tuned in a little bit better and um yeah i, I felt uh i felt fine the whole race i was never nervous i never felt like uh you know we were out of it and kept digging and yeah we were able to you know run it back down there a few laps later and go by him all right uh, is that the biggest win of your career obviously yeah yeah absolutely and and most likely always will be so um yeah it's pretty pretty cool that yeah. turkey night when you had a couple of years ago, that was big too, wasn't it? Yeah, turkey night's a pretty close second. For me, Chili Bowl is bigger. But, uh, yeah, being a California guy and racing for a California team when we won, that makes it even cooler. You know, it's just like winning the Chili Bowl for the Swindells. You know, it's a it's a big race for them. And, um, yeah, Tom Malloy was over the moon about winning that race. And I know Jerome Rodello was too. And, like I said, it was kind of an all-California team taking on, you know, the USAC tour and then to go out west and, and to win the biggest biggest race of the USAC season is, was pretty unreal. And one other win, too. You won one of the non-wing uh, races down at the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial one year. I remember that. I don't know how big you think that is, but I thought it was big. That's a pretty big win for us here. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I ran, that was like one of my first non-wing races, too. I ran with with Zach Dom in 2017, and we went down there and, and won the Hawk. It was was awesome for us. So, yeah, that was also a last-minute deal. I was headed to the airport, and uh, Jeff Taylor called me and asked if I wanted to run the Hawk. It was Zach Dom, and 
of course I said yes, and we went and won the race. It was, it was pretty crazy. I think I'd only had one non-wing start before then, and uh, we went down there and won the Hockett. What about, uh, you're pretty good in a Silver Crown car, too. What are your plans there? Yeah, I'm going to do the same same old deal with, with Robbie Rice. We're going to do the full season again with all the pavement and all the dirt races. And, um, yeah, I feel like our, our dirt car has been unbelievably fast the last two years. We've been winning races in that. And, and then our pavement car has gotten a lot better. We've been, you know, at least running up front the last year and had a couple podiums and top fives and whatnot. So um, I'm excited about that. That's probably the series i look forward to the most every year and um yeah i feel like we you know we had a shot to win the championship last year and blew up at the last race but um yeah i feel like every year we get better and better and better so hopefully hopefully this year we can lock it up it, it, it's good news for you you're going to be running full-time with the uh, usac midgets this year talk about that a little bit yeah yeah anytime you can you know run a full season and a full schedule it's, it's great and um, yeah, I just got hooked up with Abacus Racing this year. Start raced for them out west last year at the end of the season, and um, you know, just a great team. People I've worked with in the past, you know, grew up racing with uh, Johnny Kofer and uh, Kirk Simpson with them just around the races. Never really necessarily worked with them, but um, know them pretty well just from racing in California, and um, you know, just good friends. So it's going to be a a fun year. We had some um, pretty good success out west with them, and. Um, yeah, just nice race cars and good people, and uh, that's kind of who you want to put yourself racing with. Do, do you think this opportunity came about because you went in the Chili Bowl? Uh, it did, certainly didn't help, but we had kind of already gotten most of our plans figured out before then. Like I said, I'd raced out west for them, and um, we had success, and I didn't really know if I was going to race midgets much this year, and uh, they kind of talked me into it, and um yeah like i said i'd have fun racing with them and but yeah overall i don't think the chili bowl had much effect i think if i ran last in the chili bowl i still would have been racing with them this year but um but yeah obviously it, it helps the morale for sure you're still going to hook up with kevin uh, next year's chili bowl oh, we all haven't came up with plans yet but yeah i'm sure you know obviously i i've raced with them this that, this is year four for us and um you know like i said we still early to make any plans for next year lots Lots of things can happen in between now and then, but but uh, yeah, obviously, if I win the race, I really like racing with Kevin. We won the race, so I've got no reason to no reason to go <laughs> anywhere else. And yeah, I think I think he obviously has you know the best car in the building. And uh, yeah, obviously, if he if he wants me back, I'm sure I'll be back. And you got a full time gig in the non wing sprints with Two B Racing. Yeah, yeah, just got a, a pretty last minute deal there with them and Scott Bennick and uh, Derek Foxton and. Yeah, I'm excited with excited to go racing with them guys. I've raced with Derek before, and um, you know we've had pretty good success. I won some sprint week races with him, and um, <clears throat> cars are just fast and comfortable for me. And I'm, you know, I just know what I'm getting into when I when I get going. And then yeah, Scott's been around racing for a long time, and and builds really nice race cars. And we got a great sponsor with uh, you know Kevin Newton and Honest Day Roofing that kind of puts it all together for us. So yeah, I think overall it's a it's a great. Um, you know, product, and I think we're going to have a good good season. Before we let you go, I, I got to ask you: Are you going to run any extreme races this year? Uh, I haven't sat down and worked out my schedule yet, but um, yeah, my plan right now is to run all three USAC series, and then you know, obviously, if there's any races that that make sense on my schedule to to go run some extreme midget races, I I would, but uh, at the moment, I don't really have a plan. There he is, Logan Seavey, and some people would ask, well, why wouldn't he run a Kevin Swindell car in the full-time midgets season with USAC? Well, the reason is 
Uh, Kevin Swift doesn't field a full-time midget for USAC racing. Uh, he uh, does the wing sprint cars. He does that. But uh, the Chili Bowl is the is the big project for midgets with uh, Kevin Swindell, and I would imagine that Logan Seavey would be back in the saddle again next year after the success that they've had, no doubt about that. We are going to be back with more track talks. You know, to, Kirk. Yes, I, sir, Scott. Go ahead. I was going to say um, we're not quite up to, to 40 yet, but uh, I was going to say that I think this is going to be a breakout season for Logan I think he's going to have an exceptional year this year. Uh, I think off of the confidence that he has of winning the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals, that's going to bring a lot of confidence to him in other forms of racing. And I think he's going to be really good with that non-wing sprint car and with the uh, the midget as well. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And I think he's especially good in the Silver Crown car. He won some races in that division last year. So I agree with you. I think no this uh, this gives him a big boost. I think these teams that he hooked up with, Abacus and the Midgets and 2B Racing for the non-wing sprint car, he's poised to have a terrific season. I think he's even got a shot at maybe pulling off a championship in one of these divisions. I would say that if the, the best chance that he would have of winning a championship, I think, is in the Silver Crown car. Because he's one, I would agree with you. And that Rice yeah. uh, team that he races with in the Silver Crown car, they're they're as good as they are as anybody there is in USAC Silver Crown. Yeah, no doubt about it. I I I think that uh, with the confidence that he has of winning the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals, I think it's going to be a stellar year for him this year. Yep, no doubt about. It. Hey, Scott, did you see the? Uh, I'm not sure if you watched it or not. We didn't talk about it on Monday's show, but the uh, the final Australian race out there featuring a good many of the World of Outlaw drivers out at Premier Speedway, it was the uh, classic, the Australian classic sprint car race that paid $50,000 to win. Did you see even the highlights of that thing? Man, what a race that was. There, the, there was a little controversy, wasn't there, Kurt? Uh, not that one. The uh, the controversy we'll get into here a little bit is the modified race last night over at East Bay Raceway Park. But the uh, the race that uh, was out in Australia, and what a crowd. Those Australians love their sprint car racing out there. Man, what a huge oh, no crowd. The, the event ran late because they got rained out on Saturday night, so they had to run Saturday night show on Sunday afternoon. They're 17 hours ahead of us, by the way. So we're talking Monday morning at about 6 o'clock is when they rolled out for the uh, $50,000 to win a main. And uh, Brock Hallett passed Sheldon Hoddenshield coming off the final turn for the win. I didn't think anybody was going to be able to do that. But, man, what an impressive move by Brock Hallett, an Australian passing Sheldon to win that feature event down there. It, it, I thought it was some terrific racing. The racetrack was in excellent shape. They put on a show out there at Australia at Premier Speedway last weekend. Yeah, awesome. Well, you know, the sprint car fans in Australia are, are just as passionate as the, the American fans are of their sprint car racing here in, in the United States. So um, they're definitely very passionate about their sprint car racing out there. James McFadden, who is an Aussie, 
uh, won at the, the preliminary race out there, I believe. He finished. He ran up towards the front, too. And uh, he's coming back to the States, as well as uh, Brad Sweet and some of the other drivers that were out there over the weekend. Some of those guys didn't fare as well. Of course, they're not in their normal right course. Brad Sweet was driving a 49 Napa car, so but he wasn't a factor in that last race on Sunday out there. But uh, yeah, Marie, Marie said on here uh, on the chat room, she said, yeah, that race last night was a total ripoff. He never jumped the restart. No. And what we're talking about is the UMP Modifieds raced night four at East Bay Raceway Park last night. And uh, Drake Troutman grabbed the lead off the final restart and won that race. But then when it was over, they said he jumped the restart. And there was no, they did double, full double file restarts. And there was no way he was out in front of the eventual winner of that race, that uh, he he had he was still in second place when they come to the checkered or come to the start finish line for the green flag restart, green white checkered finish, and he made a run to the outside to grab the lead and he takes the checkered flag, but after the race they penalize him two spots for jumping the restart. I'm saying, what in the world is that all about? Uh, and he didn't jump the restart. I don't think he did. No, I don't. I don't think he jumped. Marie the restart doesn't at think all. he did either. No. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah I just. Uh, I. I question that. That call there for sure. Lucas Lee was yeah. handed the win of that race. Tyler nicely finished second, and they moved Drake Troutman to third after that. So yeah, I thought. Wow. I thought it was a ripoff. That's my opinion. I, yeah. I didn't I didn't think he jumped the start at all. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Marvin. He's listening in from Miamisburg, Ohio. So Welcome. Wanna thank him for tuning in to the show. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're coming back with more here on Track Talk. We're brought to you by Rod End Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We're back in a couple of minutes. We're back. You're listening to Track Talk. We're here every Saturday morning. Don't forget to tune in to Mostly Motorsports, brought to you by Rod End Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints each Monday. We're live at noon on Mondays as we wrap up the weekend, and uh, that is also posted on uh, the wherever you get your favorite podcast. Daddy Lasowski will be a guest on uh, Monday's show, so we hope you tune in for that. And even though we're on an hour here on Sports Radio 810, we've got another full hour exclusively on Racing Boys and Facebook Live and YouTube Live coming up and at 9 o'clock here this morning. So we're on a full two hours for those of you watching on our social network pages. Hey, Scott, uh, there was a story that came out this past week that Scott Bloomquist is going to have to undergo back surgery, and that means an uncertain future how much longer he's going to be driving a race car. He really never recovered from that motorcycle wreck he had back in 2019, and he's uh, experienced numbness in uh, his extremities, and uh, he had to pull out of the Sunshine Nationals down at Volusia Speedway Park a couple of weeks ago. So uh, the legendary Scott Bloomquist, I'm not sure we're going to see him in a race car again. 
You know, Kirk, I think uh, Scott Bloomquist would be a great analyst up in the booth. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. No question he would. Because he, he doesn't mince words. Right. And he's not afraid to say things. And I think he would be an absolute brilliant uh, analyst in the booth. What do you think? Well, there's no question about that. The question is, is that something he wants to do? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I look at him still being active. At, I think he still would own a race car and field race cars, even though he might not be driving them. I think uh, a driver's he, – he's a, a mentor of drivers the way he helped that Smith kid win that, national, that dirt track world championship last year right. out of Portsmouth Speedway. Uh, I think he, he gets off on that, helping younger drivers out. I, I look for him more to play that kind of a role. I think he'll have a car, maybe put a young driver in a car and, and stay active that way. But that's just my guess. But the, this, this surgery, I mean, he even admits himself, you never know what that what the results of that are going to be, if he's going to be able to even drive a race car after that he is 59 years old so he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody he's already accomplished everything there is to accomplish in dirt late model racing so uh, if if he stepped out of the car at the age of 59 right now he still had a full career um i i I think uh, scott bloomquist would be a heck of a car owner and i think that uh I'm not so sure that he is going to have uh, an easy time getting out of the car. To be honest with you, he's been doing it for such a long time. He's been he's been on top of the game as long as anybody else. He's kind of the he's kind of the Tom Brady of late model racing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You you bring up Tom Brady, it's that kind of a thing. It, you know, Tom Brady was playing football for 23 years. It's tough for these guys to quit. I don't care what kind of a sport you're in. If you're a competitor at the highest level, it's tough to put it right. down. Very well, hard. Listen, a lot of people say that about Sammy Swindell, too. Sure, and he's still at it. At 67 years old, Sammy is but, still but out there. Doing let's, it. let's be fair, though. As much as we love Sammy Swindell, and, and listen, I'm a big fan of Sammy. Uh, Sammy and I get along really well. And I, I, I'll just say it. Sammy needs to start rolling up his career a little bit. Uh, he's not as competitive as he used to be. I mean, you, you look back four or five years ago, he was still running pretty good. But uh, as of lately, he's not been running that good. And uh, I think it's about time for Sammy to give it a, give it up. I'm going to let him think, make Kurt? that call. Uh, only what do he, you think? Only he can make that call of when it's time to step out of the car. What do you think, Kirk? Have an opinion. I don't think that he is content just riding around and not being competitive. I think when you see he finally realizes that he can no longer win races, and I think that's pretty close to that right now, because I, I don't think he can win races at the highest level right now, that uh, he's going to say, you know what? I can't win. What am I doing out here? I think he's going to come to that realization here fairly soon. But that—that's yeah. just my. I don't. Th- I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to be happy just being at the track and riding around uh, in mid-pack or at the back of the pack at these races. And as you no, pointed out, he was it. competitive 
only until recently. But hey, when you're 67 years old, you know you're not you're not going to be as good as a kid that's half your age. Listen, Kirk, he's not John Force. No, but you know that's. John Force can still win races. He can at the highest level. Yeah, but that that's drag racing too. You're you're only going down the track five seconds. Five seconds, right? You know, so that, that there there is a difference there, but still, your reaction time is not going to be as good at the age John Force is. He's well over seventy years old now than somebody at his age. But you know something, his reaction times are still pretty good out there. Oh, they he's, are. He can he's still one of the compete. best. But I don't think John Force is going to want to hang around if he doesn't feel he can still win races. The fact is, John Force is still winning races. Yeah, he still wins from time to time. But Scott Bloomquist has really not been competitive since that motorcycle accident. He's not been the same. Yep. And he was, right. and let's be honest, he was racing at the highest level and winning major races up until that wreck occurred. Yeah. Hey, I want to remind everybody, don't forget to tune in on Monday at 12 o'clock Central Time. It's mostly motorsports with the racing boys, Kirk and myself, and along with Todd Surprise. And we will be on the air with Danny Lasoski on Monday. Danny has just had a birthday, and we're going to talk about that. He's living down in Florida now. He's not living in, in Missouri anymore. He's living in Florida, and we'll talk about that and what his plans are for the rest of the year this year. And it was tough for Danny to step out of the race car, too. Uh, no doubt. It's hard for all of these drivers, no doubt about that. So, it, hey, It was just as tough for Johnny Herrera, too. No, no doubt about it. 30 seconds. We can talk about a lot of different drivers. It's been very difficult for these guys to hang it up. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're going to do it again next Saturday morning. Thanks to Todd Surprise, to Kyle Collier, back at Sports Radio 810 Studios. For my partner, Scott Trailer, I'm Kirk Elliott. Thanks for tuning us in. Stay tuned for exclusively Hour 2 on Racing Boys coming up next. Thanks for being with us. Have a good weekend. Yeah.